Hey, let's give it up one more time for everyone. Everyone who shared their story. Everyone who joyfully participated in our baptisms today. So exciting. Uh, we're so thankful for what God's doing in our church. Um, it's always, a church is a group of people, okay? And so the story, the story of Redemption Hill are the stories of all of you, right? All of us individually coming together. And so that's why we love to celebrate stories in the life of our church. Well, uh, I want to go ahead and uh, dismiss our kids. But kids, pay attention, okay, because we're doing something different just this one Sunday. Our older kids are going to stay in here, okay? So if you're in the big class, first to fifth grade, you're staying in here. All of our other awesome smaller kids can head up and be with our team, all right? So let's give it up for the kids. They're awesome, all of our children's workers uh, in Redemption Kids. And uh, let me introduce myself. My name is Tanner Turley. I serve as one of our pastors here at Redemption Hill. And I know we have a lot of new faces here. And I just want to welcome you. So thankful. While we're just excited today and celebrating, can we give it up for all of our first-time guests here today? Thank you. Don't hold back. That's right. Uh, we can get excited in church. Hey, at 1 o'clock, they're going to be a little bit excited, uh, you know, for the Pats. I heard that. Um, and so, you know, we should be excited uh, in uh, in, in, in times of worship uh, as well. And uh, if you are new, as Dan mentioned earlier, we'd love for you to take the bottom of the uh, worship guide and just tear off the Connect card. Let us know that you are here with us so that we can uh, just say thank you later this week um, and pray for you. That would be an amazing gift to us. Well, uh, this morning, if you have your Bible, turn to the book of Isaiah. We're going to be in chapter 11. If you uh, want to look that up in the table of contents or, um, or not, just you can follow on the screen. It's going to all be projected here for you. Um, but, but this morning, I, I'm really, really excited. This is the, the culmination of our Together for Boston series that we've partnered in with 13 other churches who shared the same love for Jesus, the same love for our city, and want to be part of a larger movement of God across this great city. And I just want to say it again. When we see beyond ourselves, we can be part of something bigger than ourselves. That's so true at every level of life. It's certainly true in the kingdom of God. And uh, 14 of those churches actually made up uh, 20, uh, 22 churches that got together on Monday and Tuesday. Pastor John and Pastor Steve went with me uh, to what was called a Multiplying Churches Workshop. And what happened there, um, as we had 22 different teams gathered together, um, there was a lot of praying together and dreaming together and collaborating uh, with the ultimate goal of beginning to draft or refine our plans to start more churches across the city of Boston. And there were two really powerful moments that stand out that I hope I won't soon forget. Uh, one was on Tuesday, uh, just before lunchtime, um, the, the gentleman who was leading uh, the, the, the workshop, um, he was about to transition into this like little interview um, that you know, was going to be you know, a part of the training of the day. Uh, and, and there was just an awkward moment, right? If you've ever done any public speaking, uh, sometimes this happens. You know, there's this awkward pause. And, um, you know, I'm sitting over here to his left. I'm thinking, like, my guy Mac just forgot, like, where he's going, you know? Um, that does happen sometimes. Uh, so, and he just is pausing, and he's just like, I'm kind of like praying for, like, you know, God help him out, you know? And by the way, that's good to do that when people are speaking, please, today. Um, and, and he, just, he just said, you know what, I can't transition. 
And then there was another pause. And then he stepped up and he said, does anyone have a word? As in like, does anyone have a word of encouragement? Does anyone have like an insight for God that might speak to the people in the room? And again, there was an awkward silence. And I'm even, I'm sitting, I'm like, God, is there a word that you want to, to, to flow through me for this crowd of, of people who want to see the gospel advance all over Boston and still nothing? And Max said, you know what, let's, let's go to God in prayer. And for the next 20 minutes, there were pastors that were praying all across the room on their knees and with arms lifted in the air. You know, that's like how we see people praying in the Bible so often. God's more concerned about our hearts than our posture, but sometimes our posture can reflect our heart. And what was happening is that, that pastors were confessing their fears. Pastors were confessing their ego. How the, the sometimes just there's so much of us that can get into God's work and God, remove that. Take us out of uh, the equation, out of the picture, just use us as you want to see fit. There were pastors that were saying, I'm, I'm too focused on the barriers to lead my church to start other churches. It's a powerful, powerful moment. And then the day ended with the second moment. As we began to sing a song of, of worship about praying that God would move in our city. Um, we Earlier that day, we had put stickers of dots on the map in terms of where, you know, we might want to help start a church next. And so there's this map of Boston laid on the table and, you know, about 60 uh, people, leaders are gathered all around this table just praying over this map of Boston. Powerful, powerful moment. I'm here to tell you today that you are in the midst of a move of God. You may not realize it, but one of my jobs today is to help convince you that you are in the midst of a move. And I believe we're only like in second gear, you know what I'm saying? Like first gear, second gear. And let me explain why. In 2005, in, in, in our network of churches known as Send Boston, guess how many Guess how many uh, dots were on the map? Two. two. Two churches in our network just 13 years ago. If you fast forward now to, to, to 2019, actually this was a stat from last year, 2018, after wave after wave of missionaries and church planting teams and churches sacrificing their resources to give and to pray, now there are over 70 churches in our city. It's amazing. Come on, you can get us a fright. So amazing what God is doing right here. I mean, I believe, I believe we are in the middle of a move of God. But the conversations in the room those two days were not so much about what God has done, but what God is going to do. And so it's our prayer that in the next 12 years, we will see, just in our network alone, now there are other Jesus-loving churches and networks across the city, and this is where it gets really exciting as we collaborate together. We're for one another. We get together like we did in March for nights of prayer across the city. 
We partner in with what God's doing on the university campuses. Like, we got a huge crew from Tufts today. Yes. But we're praying that, that God would change the map for there to be 300 churches in our network by the year 2030. And let me tell you something. When that happens, we're going to throw a kingdom party like Boston has never seen. That will be the 400, that's right, that will be the 400th year of Boston's existence. And so why not, why not as we celebrate 400 years of our city, why not celebrate the move of God? I mean, if, if we even get close to that, let's pray that we get beyond that. God can do it. The garden may not even be big enough to hold this party that we're envisioning. You know what I'm saying? Like, anybody, anybody got some connections with the Patriots? Maybe we could get Gillette Stadium or something like that. Listen, um, I, I want you to, to, to consider this. Not many people, not many people in the history of the world this is not an overstatement. Not many people in the history of the world have been a part of a major move of God. But why not us? Why not now, in our lifetime, in our generation, that God would do this kind of thing? And the larger question is not like, hey, God, can you do it? The larger question is, will you be a part of it? Will you be a part of it? Will you be a part of, of helping us see, uh, shift gears from second gear to third gear to fourth gear to fifth? This is like, we, we get to fifth and sixth, we're talking about the third grade awakening. I'm just telling you, that's what it's going to be like. And so today I want to invite you to join the movement of Jesus who is our banner. Join the movement of Jesus, our banner. You know, I, I, I woke up, actually, I would say, you know, God perhaps woke me up at 4.11. Maybe it's because I'm not feeling great, you know, I was getting sick or whatever. But the reason I say that God woke me up is that when I woke up, I heard this still small voice of the Holy Spirit say, this Sunday you need to preach the banner. You need to preach Jesus our banner. And in this really flow, God works through our circumstances too, you know. And, and so I'd had a conversation the day before with this uh, missionary church planter in Framingham who's uh, starting a, a church right there. Actually, they meet on the campus of Framingham State University. And the name of their church is Banner Hill. All right, Banner Hill. So the casting vision uh, of, of what their church is all about. And by the way, today is their one-year anniversary as a church. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? So can we just step back and like on the count of three say happy birthday, Banner Hill? Can we just do that together? You guys ready? This is going to be fun. Hey, and don't hold back. Please don't hold back. Be like, oh, happy birthday. Okay. Give me, some, give me some enthusiasm right here. All right, ready? One, two, three, let go. Happy birthday, Banner Hill. Yeah, let's go. All right. Thank you. I want to find an excuse to do that again next Sunday. That was really fun. Really fun. And then here's a really cool part, just how God works. Later that day, as I was texting Brian, I said, you know what? God woke me up. I'm preaching the banner. I'm preaching what your church is all about. I'm preaching it to our church on Sunday. And he said, he texted me back, you know, with that 
bro, like sometimes what friends call it, like, bro, I'm going to preach the banner too. All right, so at 5.30 tonight, and not the exact same sermon, but the same theme, Jesus, our banner is going to be happening in Framingham. So pray for them, pray for that. Uh, but, but what does it mean that, that Jesus is our banner? I want to take us to Isaiah chapter 11, where, where this, this, this truth on, is unfolded for us right here in Isaiah chapter 11. Okay, so I want to read these 12 verses for us. Follow along as I read them uh, for us today. Isaiah writes this, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf, listen to this picture, the wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of a cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, listen to this, in that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal, as a banner, as a flag for the peoples, of him shall the nations inquire. And his resting place shall be glorious. In that day, the Lord will extend his hand yet a second time to recover the remnant that remains of his people from Assyria, from Egypt, from Pathros, from Cush, from Elam, from Shinar, from Hamath, and from the coastlands of the sea. He will raise a signal. He will raise a banner for the nations and will assemble the banished of Israel and gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. There are three things that I want you to see about what it means for Jesus to be our banner, all right? Number one, banners give identity, all right? Banners give identity. What we, what we see at the beginning of this, this uh, chapter, this is clearly messianic, all right? And how I know that is because it says there's going to be a stump, just a tiny stump. It's going to start small. Think about Jesus, the incarnation, baby, all right? It's, it's going to start small. There's going to be this stump of Jesse. Well, who was Jesse? Jesse was David's father. I'm talking about the David who was Israel's greatest king. I'm talking about the David who God said, to him in 2 Samuel 7, through you, I'm going to send my own son, the very son of God, and he will build a house for my name, 
and I will establish his throne forever. So we've been talking about Jesus as a king to follow for the past two weeks, bringing a new kingdom full of justice and grace and truth. And we see that this, this Messiah is divine because of what we, we, we see here in, in verse 2. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And Jesus shows up in Luke 4 and he quotes Isaiah 61 that says what? The spirit of the Lord has anointed me. He's resting upon me. And there are seven characteristics of, of what this spirit is going to do in and through the life of the Messiah. And what does that, that number seven mean in Hebrew? It, it signifies completion, right? This one that God is going to send is completely equipped. Listen, completely equipped, not just to be the king of a nation, but to be the king of all nations. Wow. And it says then in verse 10 that that root of Jesse will stand as a signal for the peoples. That word signal is, is sometimes translated banner. You know, a banner has a flag. Like we sing the national anthem, the star-spangled banner. What, what, do, what do banners do? What do flags do? They, 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 for one, they identify us, right? I mean, just think about, just think about this, right? right here for, for a second. Um, I want to I help just show you what it means to have banners identify. I got that backwards. Sorry, Pam. Thank you, Pam, for the hookup, by the way. My, my, my friend Pam DeMello hooking it up today. All right. I hope you know that this is Brazil. Thank you. Someone almost said that in Portuguese, but it's the same in English and Portuguese, right? Oh, thank you. All right. So, 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 so here, here, here's, here's what you need to know, all right? This flag represents the country of Brazil. Did you know that the green represents the lush forest and fields across the country of Brazil? The, the yellow is representative of the gold that, 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 that fuels the, the, the richness of the country. The globe with the 27 stars represents the 27 states across Brazil, and then this this uh, uh, Ordem Progresso, don't laugh at me, all right? Don't laugh at me. My Portuguese isn't, you know. But order and progress, right? This is the vision of the, the, the country of Brazil. Now, now, you may know, even apart from the flag, that Brazil is the largest nation in South America, not only by size, but by population. You may know that Brazil is full of beautiful people. Come on. Hey, inside and out. Inside and outside. Um, and and they, they flow that Portuguese like po poetry. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's amazing. Uh, should I just wear this the rest of the this, this, this sermon? Should I just kind of do it? Like I'm an Olympic athlete, you know? Like, come on. Um, all right. I don't want to mess this up. This is a beautiful flag. Thank you for sharing it with me, Pam. Now, now, now let, me, let, me, let me take you a little deeper on this. Some of you are like, yeah, that's the fag of Brazil. But for the Brazilians in our church, and they're more than a few, thank God, what, what happened in, in their heart? Their heart swelled with pride. They started leaning in. They started getting a little loud. Why? Those are my people. That's my heritage. That, that, that flag tells a story of part of who I am. And the beautiful thing for 
those of us who have said, hey, Jesus, he's my banner, is that now he defines everything of who we are. Our identity is found in him. We are who he says we are. And so if, if you are waving the, the, the banner of Jesus over your life, then everything that he says about you, that you are chosen and adopted, that you are forgiven and free, that you are rescued and redeemed, that we could just keep going here, it's all true of you because of what he's done for you. And so the banner of Jesus gives us this new identity. This is what what the the stories were telling you today, that that God has changed my life. He's made me new. Now I identify with him. And because I'm in him, my life is totally different. So banners, number one, identify us. Number two, banners unify us. Not only identity, but unity. And, and, And we see this in verses 10, 11, and 12. Just, it's almost said three different ways, okay? So, so in verse 10, it says that, that Jesus, the root of Jesse, shall stand as a signal for the peoples, and of him the nation shall inquire. In other words, people from all over the world are coming to him for his wisdom and his counsel. You remember it says he has a spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel and might, knowledge and fear of the Lord. So you see this picture of nations just flocking to Jesus, the Messiah. And then in chapter, uh, in chapter 11, verse 11, it says that uh, God will extend his hand, which is a picture of like him calling out to people to come to Jesus, the banner. And it says that at that time, he's going to call his people back, the remnant that has been scattered all over the earth. But it doesn't just stop with his people because God is not an exclusive God. He's a very inclusive God, and he opens his arms to everybody from all over the world. And so verse 12 at the end, it says that he's going to raise this signal at the beginning of the verse. And at the end of the verse, it says that all four corners of the earth are going to come flocking to the banner, the banner of Jesus. And so what I want to ask you this morning, no matter what your background is, no matter where you're from, have you come to him? Have you run to him? You see, God, what I love about God, God is still extending his hand. He's still extending his hand all over the city, all over New England, all over the world. And he's calling people saying, run to my son. I want you to have life through my son. He's better than anything you can ever chase after in this life. Better than cars and money. Better than power and prestige, relationships, sex, degrees. What, like fill in the blank. God is saying he is the ultimate banner. He is the ultimate satisfaction that you can ever find in this life or the next. And so I just want to ask you have, you, have you seen Jesus as this? ultimate banner. And and what I fear and what I know is that for, for many of you right now today, you're hesitant to come to Christ. Like, and I get it. Like, I totally get it, especially if you're new to Christianity. Maybe you're brand new hearing this for the first time. You're like, wow, God sent his son to, to live and die for me and rise again to show that he's the king of the world and offers me life. But, but so many people are hesitant to run to Christ 
And the reason is not that there's a, a fault in him, but it's because we've hung other banners over our life. Banners that say we're forgotten. Banners that say we're rejected. Or maybe someone else has hung a banner over you that says you're unlovely, you're not enough. And what you need to hear today is that the Bible says that Jesus hangs a banner over us. And that banner says love. You are loved. God loves you. As I said last week, he knows every part of your story, all of the good, the bad, the ugly. He knows it all, and he loves you anyway. This is why he died for you, so that you could experience his love. And so I want to plead with you, run to him today. Experience the life that he offers you through his life, death, and resurrection. But not only that, what I love about Jesus is that when you run to him, what you discover is that he is running toward the masses. Think about the way a flag or a banner is used even in battle throughout history. When a banner moves, the people move, right? And so to run to Jesus is to run with Jesus as he is pursuing people all over and around you who need his love, who need his hope, who need his joy to go with him to them. I'm talking real life practical here. I'm talking about your neighbors and your friends and your coworkers. Like, ask the question, who has God placed around me and before me? And God is saying, look, this banner is not just for you, but it is also for them. And this is where we get into movement dynamics. As we think about what God wants to do in a group of people, I just love the, the power of unity when people are all, because I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, don't, please don't doubt today, all right? The, the, reason, the reason that there is not a greater movement, like in churches just in general, is because there's not greater unity, because there's not a, enough closeness to Jesus and Jesus' heart. Guess what? Listen, the heart of God bleeds for people who don't know him, absolutely bleeds, Jesus shed tears. We saw that because people don't know who he is, don't, haven't received his love, it breaks his heart. And so he's calling us to move with him, to go after people in his, with, in his name, with his love, to invite them into this story and this movement of Jesus, our banner. And so... As we, think about, as we think about what it means to have our identity in him and to be unified in Jesus, the, the third and the final thing that I want you to see is this. Banners not only identify and unify, banners provide a statement of victory. Throughout history, when uh, armies would maybe conquer an enemy, what would they do? They would what? They would plant a flag. They would plant a banner and say, like, this is, this is now our territory. This is, this is now our land. <clears throat> and the good news for us is this. Jesus is our victory. 
He is the one who has, I mean, look at, look at what he's bringing here. <coughs> it says that, that he's going to bring justice for the poor in verse 4. It says that, that uh, he's going to, to bring complete harmony. There's not going to be any war anymore. There's not going to be pain anymore. I mean, just the vivid language of verse 6, it says that the, the wolf and the lion shall lie down with the lamb. I mean, can you believe a day is coming when there is that kind of harmony, not just between people, but even people and creation and creation and creation? This is what Jesus is, is, is coming to bring in his kingdom. Verse 10 says that this land will be a glorious resting place. Verses 11 and 12 say he's bringing us back home. Jesus is our victory. This is, this is what is found in him. And so I just want to invite you, and I want to call you to a, a, a new place of, if Jesus has the victory, then the logical conclusion is that we who are in Christ, who have the banner of Christ waving over our head, we also get to walk forward in victory. And one of the things, listen, I'm just being, you know, I try to keep it real every Sunday, but maybe this Sunday, like, super extra real, all right? One of the things that pains me the most is when I see Christians living a defeated life, cowering back, anticipating defeat, because it's so contrary to the reality of Christ. Jesus died to bring us the victory. He died and he rose again so that we can walk victorious no matter what it is in our school, in our workplaces, in our families, in, I mean, whatever the endeavor is. He wants us to move forward with confidence. He's won the victory. Somebody can say amen in this place today. Are you guys all right? Thank you. I mean, we got more excited about the Brazilian flag than that. I mean, I love Brazil, but come on, Jesus, let's go. Like, all right, thank you. I love you. I love you. I just, we can talk back in church. We can talk, talk. So let me say this, and I'm going to wrap this up. I think the two biggest barriers to us joining in the victorious movement of God through Jesus Christ are these. Number one, unbelief. Number two, an unwillingness to sacrifice. Unbelief is a lack of faith it's a failure to believe that God is who he says he is. Look, take our, take our eyes off ourselves. Like, this is what you're talking about, like fight for vision. Look at him, who he is. He is the victorious one. I don't have any victory. Man, if it was up to me, man, Tanner would be taking L's left and right. That's funny. I know, it's funny. But in Christ... There's victory to be had. So God, raise our belief, enlarge our vision, help us to see as you see. But then number two, a, a, will, a willingness to sacrifice. Tim Keller, pastor in New York who led a movement of churches throughout New York and around the world in global cities. He says this, there is no more practical index, listen, no more practical index of whether your church has movement dynamics than examining whether you have a culture of sacrifice. If the top leaders of the church are the only ones making all the sacrifices, then you don't have a movement culture. I believe there are rumblings of a movement culture in our church. 
So many of you make sacrifices to serve and to go and to give and to do all the things that we're called to do as followers of Christ. But listen, I'm asking you again today to, to, to in a fresh way, put your yes on the table. To say, God, yes, whatever you ask me to do, yes, pray again, yes, talk to them about Jesus, yes, be part of that next church that we start, whenever that is, yes. Jesus is our identity. Jesus is our unity. Jesus is our victory. Jesus is our banner. And so what I want to do is this. I just want to lead us in a time. We're going to sing another song. But I want to lead us in a time of prayer. So if you would, just bow your head and, and close your eyes. And just have a moment with God where, where, where you can just really examine your own heart about where you are in terms of seeing Jesus as your banner, of, of living for Christ as, as he uh, wants to be the banner over your life. Listen, I, I believe this is what needs to happen. For some people, there are some flags that are waving over your life that you just need to take down today. Perhaps there's a, the flag of, of insecurity or, or, or there's the flag of comfort or there's the flag of unbelief. And you would just say, God, today, by your strength and by your power, I'm going to lower that flag so that I can lift high the banner of Jesus over my life. Whatever it is, would you submit that to God as we pray today? Perhaps for some of you, you're saying, you know what, I, I want to follow Jesus like these that I've seen today tell their story. I want to I lift up the banner of Jesus over my life. I want to take the banner that has my name over the top of my head down and put Jesus above me. If that's you today, I just want to invite you and encourage you to say yes. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask you, if that's you today, if you need to run to Christ and you need to say I'm taking down the flag of control in my life. I'm taking down my way of doing things so that I can follow you and start a relationship with you, with you as my Savior and Lord. If you need to make that decision for the first time today, would you just raise your hand so that I can pray for you and so that we can encourage you? Just raise it super, super high so we can see that, so we can celebrate that. You're saying for the first time, I'm following Jesus. I'm running to him. If you would, just no one's paying attention, no one's looking around you, my eyes are open, everyone else's are closed. Anyone else that wants to say that, raise it up and keep it up, because I want to pray for you. And there's another group of people that I just want to pray for this morning. They're saying, you know what? I want to be part of this movement. In a, in, a, in a bigger way, in a, in a bolder way, I want to put my yes on the table to follow Jesus in whatever ways he leads so that we can be part of this larger movement that God wants to do, not just in individual lives, but across our city. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I just want to pray for you. Just raise it up high. You're saying, I want to be all about the movement of Jesus. Raise it higher. And there should be, honestly, I think there should be more hands going up right now. I mean, why hold back? Join the movement of what God wants to do through you, through you. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for how you're changing lives. God, thank you for how you're 
changing our banners, helping us see who you are. And so, Lord, would you continue your good work among us? God, we're only getting started as a church. We're eight years old, but, but God, there's a, a larger movement of, of churches, not just in Sin Boston, but across different tribes and, and, and networks, Lord, that, that you're raising up to see people discover who you are and what you've done. So God, I thank you for every person today that's saying, hey, I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to start a new relationship with you through him. God, would you empower them? Would you give them the strength in the days to come? And God, for every person who wants to just say afresh, I'm joining the movement again. I'm putting my yes on the table again to be all that you call me to be in Christ. God, I thank you for them. I pray for them. I can't wait to run with them as we run with you. We pray this in the name of Christ. Amen.